You can be seated. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for uh, this day. Uh, We thank you for uh, the power of your resurrection. Uh, I know uh, today's Halloween, but today we're going to kind of celebrate Easter. Uh, and we're going to remember the power of your resurrection. I pray that it wouldn't be uh, just something that we believe in our heads, but that this would be a truth uh, that we walk around with every day, and it changes the way we view the world. It changes the way we react to um, the day's events. It changes every single thing. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I thought, because uh, it doesn't happen really all that often, that uh, Halloween uh, falls on a Sunday. Uh, it's always kind of a fun day to gather in the morning and then come back together in the evening uh, and, and have the party. And if you've never been a part of that thing, it's a party. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I thought I'd give a little nod to Halloween, right? Because it is Halloween day, and uh, I know Halloween's kind of for kids. And so I wanted to start with uh, jokes kind of uh, that, that kids love. These are the top jokes that kids voted on online. Uh, What do you get when you cross Bambi, the deer, with a ghost? Bamboo. What kind of monster is the best dancer? The boogeyman. What is the witch's favorite class in school? Spelling. Come on now. (laughs) Don't don't hate, all right? You're in church, right? What do you call a chicken that haunts your house? A poultry geist. (laughs) Why do ghosts love going to Six Flags? They ride a lot of roller ghosters. And why do ghosts make the best cheerleaders? Because they have spirit, right? right. So I wanted to to start out because it's a good topic kind of for Halloween. Uh, And the last year and a half has been weird and filled with this sort of thing, but As you kind of entered into this place today, what is it that you're afraid of? What is it that you're worried about? Because there's uh, only a certain number of things that every single person in this room has in common, but I would guess this is one of those things, that we all came in here carrying something. We have a concern, we're worried, we're anxious, we're afraid, we're all worried about something. It's the person that is planning to receive this week uh, the results of the testing that they had done earlier this last week, and you're just kind of in between that time where the test has been done, but you don't have the results yet, and you're scared. It's the person who's reading about you know, economic woes in the future, inflation, supply, train, uh, supply chain issues, and you're worried. It's the person that's having an issue with your children at home, and you're concerned. It's in the pit of your stomach. It's the kid that has a huge test or exam this week, and you're scared. And we all have worries. Every single person in this room came in here carrying something. I guarantee it. We all have concerns. We all have worries. We're all uh, anxious about something. And maybe a better question than what is your worry is how are you dealing with your worry? How are you dealing with your anxiety? Because we've talked about this before, but we have different techniques in this room for dealing with our worry. Uh, Some of you are stewards, right? And you internalize your worry. And people ask you how you're doing. You came into church this morning. How are you doing? We are great. Praise the Lord. But your insides are a mess because you internalize everything. And you're not sleeping good. Uh, you, You don't have joy the way that you should because you've got this kind of battle raging inside of you. Others of you are more kind of lashers, right? 
your, your lashers and you deal with your worries by kind of lashing out at the people around you. You get nervous, you get anxious, you, you bark, you snap, you get really, really short. I, I wouldn't say I'm normally a lasher, but I'll tell you the other day we were in Springfield and it was that kind of downpour rain and it's raining really, really hard and I'm kind of driving around and I hit this uh, curb really, really hard. Like, did I just hit a person hard, right? right? I mean, it just jolted the whole family. And all of a sudden, Sam and Lila and everybody, they're all asking questions. And I kind of said, can everyone be quiet for just a moment? Right? Lashing. Uh, be, because we, we all tend to do that sometimes when we're worried. Some of us are, th- are soothers, that we turn to something or someone for comfort. And uh, for a lot of people, it's food or TV or whatever the case may be. We talked about this before, but COVID has kind of exposed what that might be for you. Right? Uh, um, that, that, and what we've all discovered is that when the meal is over and Netflix has been exhausted, and some of us are like, I've come to the end of Netflix, right? I've watched it all. What happens is the worry comes back and the worry starts again. And I want to tell you my honest prayer for today. My honest prayer for today is that in light of the resurrection, this, would be, this message would be incredibly encouraging to you. I hope that you, you came into this place carrying a burden, and my hope is that you leave this place with a little less of a burden. And that you would be encouraged because the resurrection of Jesus is meant to encourage you with your worry. Now, before we get to Jesus and before we get to the power of his resurrection, I actually want to start in the Old Testament because this is really important for us to understand later what we're going to learn about Jesus. But throughout the Old Testament, as you study the idea of worry and anxiety and fear, throughout the Old Testament, the presence of God is connected to not being afraid. In a lot of Old Testament passages, the idea that God is with us. That God is present with his people. That in the Old Testament, this kind of drove fear out of God's people. And it makes sense, right? God is with us. My dad is bigger than your dad, right? It's the ultimate kind of play in in that regard. And here's how the scriptures say it. Here's God's word. So do not fear. Why, God? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He doesn't even need to use both, right? That's how strong he is, right? Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Joshua 1. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. He's with you wherever you go. And in the Old Testament, this faithfulness to God and this understanding of his presence, it was not always specifically tied to his actions. They knew God would act, all right? They were confident God would act, but they didn't know how. They were in the middle of an unfolding Story. They had no idea what God was going to do. They knew he was going to do something, but they had no idea what he was going to do because God's actions, and they just kind of learned this as the story unfolded, God's actions can be a little bit unpredictable, right? So for instance, the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who would have thought after all the prayer that those guys engaged in that God would have accomplished his purposes by allowing them to be thrown into the fiery furnace, Right? But that is exactly how God accomplished his purposes. He's often unpredictable. 
Jonah and the whale. One of the big things that Jonah is really upset about in that story is how on earth could God look at a wicked city like Nineveh, and and Nineveh was wicked, how could God look at a wicked city like Nineveh and say, I am going to send my servant to that city to preach grace? And I think Jonah was like, no, I think what you're looking for here, God, is a good smoting, right? We're looking for fire and brimstone, not the gospel of grace. And so Jonah tries to run away from it. He ends up swallowed by a giant fish, puked up on the land. And he goes to Nineveh and he preaches. And the people repent and they come back to God. Uh, and, And Jonah is just blown away by this message that grace is available to such a wicked people. Jesus, who would have ever predicted that God's saving message for mankind would come in the form of the mistreatment, crucifixion, and burial of his son? Whoever would have predicted that? And I think that we get into trouble when we surmise to know ahead of time what, with 100% confidence, what God is going to do in a specific situation. Because what happens sometimes is that our prayers turn into more of a lectureship, right, to God on how he should be operating the world as God, how he really ought to be running things. And what happens is we start to question God's presence with us, and then we begin to get afraid. It's like, man, I thought he was with me, but he's not doing what I thought he should do. Maybe he's not with me after all, and we get afraid when we start to question and start to believe that we know with 100% certainty what he's going to do. And I think when you study the Old Testament, a lot of these Old Testament characters didn't know what God was gonna do. You know what they knew? They knew him. They trusted him. And the relationship gave them peace. A minister I know in Lansing, uh, Michigan says it this way, we'll put it on the screen for you. The closer you get to God, the further you get from fear. The closer you get to God, the further you get from fear. There is something about the relationship that just gives peace. I want you to think about all the Old Testament stories that you've studied in your life where people are confused and uncertain about what God is doing and what he's going to do. How could he allow this? Where is he? And the whole time God was working his eternal plan in order to bring us Jesus in order that his full love can be on display through his son, Jesus. It's a lesson that we need to have less expectation about what God is most certainly going to do and more trust of his general character. Less expectation that this is for sure what he's gonna do and more trust of his character. And how many of you know that I am not just talking about the Old Testament right now? I'm talking about us, that we have been in a season of discouragement and confusion and dismay. And as you pray, you might be seeing that your prayers are turning more into a lectureship, that if I were God, God, just so you know, if I were you, this is what I would do. But today I wanna encourage you, can we trust him? His presence, his character, his love, his power, his perfect plan. Can we trust him and him alone? And we have really good reasons to do that. We have really good reasons to trust him. As a matter of fact, all of these Old Testament heroes of the faith, they had faith uh, in his character, his plans, and who he was. And we certainly have faith. We are called to faith to be sure. But according to the writer of Hebrews, we have something even more than faith. So I want to show you what the writer of Hebrews says here. He says, and what shall we say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon. 
Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in the battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, chains, imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet not one of them received what had been promised. Since God, and if you underline in your Bible, this is good, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Let's pause for a minute. That's how, can you imagine, that's how chapter 11 ends. That's the end. And God had planned something better for us. Thankfully, the next chapter picks it up. What is this better thing? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes, and here's the better thing, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Praise be to God for the resurrection. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and, look heart, and, and, and lose heart. Their faith in the Old Testament, their faith looked forward wondering what God was going to do, resisting the urge to tell him what to do, trying to trust him. You think about when Israel was in exile, when they were in slavery. Think about the faith that it took to look forward and say, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know somehow God's going to make it right. Think about Israel enduring bad king after bad king after bad king. And they're like, they're looking forward, going, I don't know how he's going to do it, but somehow God is going to make it right. That they're in the middle of a famine and disease and hardship, and they're looking forward. They're, I don't know how he's going to do it, but we are trusting in his character. We are trusting in his goodness that somehow he is going to make it right. And they had this faith in God. They had this faith in his presence that he was with them and it drove them away from fear, and it's beautiful. What you have is more. Because their faith looked forward. And you have been given this amazing gift that your faith gets to look back. And you get to see the birth of Jesus. You get to see the life of Jesus. You get to see the death of Jesus. And you get to see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, get, we have this amazing gift living today that they all had to look forward to. I don't know how he's going to do it, but somehow he's going to make everything right. He's going to forgive sin. He's going to give eternal life. And we have been given this incredible gift of being able to look back and say, that's how he did it. That's how he did it. That's how he empowers his people. That's how he forgives their sin. That's how he gives them eternal life. This is how he accomplished everything he promised he was going to accomplish. And our faith gets to look backward. We sometimes look at Moses and we're like, oh man, Moses, dude. 
to have God's presence in the form of a burning bush. How awesome that must have been, that God's presence is in this bush, speaking to you, directing you, telling you what to do. Moses, what a gift. And Moses is up in heaven looking down at you going, you have the resurrected Lord of heaven and earth. Not in a burning bush. He's living inside you through his Holy Spirit. He's living inside of you, empowering you, directing you, helping you. You have God's presence not in a bush. You have God's presence with you every day because of the resurrection. Moses says, what you have is far better than what I had. The bush was cool. It's a great story to tell around the table. But what you have is so much better because it's every day. I will tell you, it is always better to be able to look backward than it is to look forward. When Cheryl and I were, uh, decided to build our family through adap- adoption, there were some dog days of winter in those days where we were looking forward. We're like, what is God going to do? What is God going to accomplish? And there was discouragement, and there was hardship, and there was pain about what he was going to do. And then Samuel Stephen was born. And then Lila Grace was born. And now we have been given this incredible gift to be able to say to you, this is what he did. Before we're looking forward, like, what is he going to do? We believe he's going to do something, but what will he do? And now we get to look back and say, this is what he did. This is how he built our family. This is how he was faithful. This is how he was good. Looking back is always better. So these Old Testament heroes, all they had was looking forward. And listen, we look forward too. We know that Jesus is going to return, and we look forward to how our individual situations will work out. Oh, but friends, we have been given a gift. We have been given a gift to look back and see Jesus, his birth, his life, his resurrection. It's a gift. What is it he accomplished? I want to remind you of a couple things. His resurrection reminds us of his presence. That cross is empty for a reason. You know that, right? He didn't stay on that cross. He died for your sins. But the tomb is empty for a reason, right? Because he is alive, he is with us. And he has given us his Holy Spirit as a reminder that he is with us now and forever. He will be with us for all of eternity. And here's the truth that, that I want to bury down into your soul. Here's the truth of that. You are not alone. You are not alone. Maybe there have been some times during the pandemic or during the last year and a half where you have felt alone. It's just a feeling. It's not the truth. You are not alone. God is with us every single day through the resurrection. He's with you today, right now. He's with you. It is a faulty thing to say, man, I need to go to church to be with God. And listen, I believe powerful things happen in this room, but that is not true. You, don't, you didn't run into God when you arrived here. God was already with you. And we have a group of, full of people that have God with them and we encourage one another and help one another. But he is with you every single day. So tomorrow when you have the discouraging conversation with your boss, I want you to remember, God is with you. Tomorrow when you face the doctor and your, your future is uncertain and you're not sure what the results are gonna say, I want you to remember, God is with you. You are not alone. When you are discouraged and dismayed and anxious, I want you to remember, I am not alone. I just feel like I'm not alone. I'm not actually alone, that God is with me.
His resurrection presence reminds us of his power. It's his presence and his power. Talk about this verse a lot because it's so awesome. The same power, Paul says in Romans, that rose Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is at work in you. And I am preaching better than you're responding because that, that is... That is an amazing truth. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is at work in you. Here's what that means. We are strong in him. I talk to people all the time that I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can overcome this. I don't know if I can be faithful. I assure you, you can because of the resurrection. You can because of the resurrection. We are strong in him. We are overcomers. We can remain faithful. We can remain strong. We refuse to give up because of the power of his resurrection. And his resurrection reminds us of his plan. You can tell I just came off sabbatical. All P's, right? Presence, power, plan. This is never happening. For six more years, this won't happen, all right? That God has an eternal plan that he is working. And while a ton of that plan has been fulfilled, we know that there is a final act to come the return of Jesus, but right now, we are in this age of grace where everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone is welcomed in, everybody's invited in. And his resurrection reminds us that God has a plan, and here's what it reminds us of. We are joyful participants. That when things seem the darkest, resurrection was right around the corner, right? When things seem the darkness, resurrection was just a day or two away. And we aren't going to get hung up on what we think God should do. God is God. He knows what he's doing, right? He's been operating this thing for a long time without me, right? But when we understand that he has an unfolding plan and I get to be a joyful participant in it. So however he wants to use me, Wherever he wants to put me in, that is up to him, and I will be a joyful participant because of the resurrection. Because of this ability, we we look back and we're encouraged by Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. We are encouraged by the resurrection. So I want to share with you that because of this ability to look back, this gift that you've been given, the ability to look back, there are some things that are true. And I just shared some of them. But I, I kind of learned this from a, a pastor named Craig Rochelle at a conference I was at over sabbatical. He said, you need to know that because of the power of Jesus and his resurrection, there are some things that are not true as well. All right? And I want to share with you some of those things that are not that, that are not because of Jesus and because of the power of his resurrection and because of our ability to look back and see his presence. Here's some of them. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus does not lead us into into temptation, but he delivers us from evil. We do not store up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but we store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. We do not worry about tomorrow because each day has enough trouble of its own. We walk by faith, not by sight, and God has not given us a spirit of fear. Like Jesus, our prayer is not my will be done, but yours be done because we are saved by grace and not by works. 
We are justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law. And God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation. We do not set our minds on earthly things like social media and the news, but instead we set our minds on things above. We let perseverance finish its work because we are not lacking anything. We do not become weary in doing good because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of this world. We will not be overcome with evil, but instead we will overcome evil with good. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. We will not grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope, and we will not give up meeting together. The Lord is our helper. We will not be afraid. We will not be ashamed of the name of Jesus or by the power of the gospel because it is the gospel of salvation that brings everyone to salvation, to, to, to everyone who believes. And like the first century believers in Acts, we cannot stop talking about what we've seen and heard. We are not anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition, we make our requests known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Our minds are not conformed to the patterns of this world, but we are transformed so that we can do the will of God. We live by faith, not by fear. We are sacrificial, not selfish. We shine the light, we do not hide it. And we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted and not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. And that's why we are not afraid. We have been given a gift. We've been given a gift. In the Old Testament, what they had was, we're looking forward. We've been given this amazing gift to look back. See his birth, his life, his death, and maybe most important, certainly most important, his resurrection. Be encouraged. He defeated the grave for himself, he'll defeat it for you as well. He is with you, empowering you. You are not alone, you are not afraid, you are stronger than you think you are because of this truth that we get to look back and see. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the power of his resurrection. May we be encouraged. May we not just believe it, may we internalize it. And may we be, as the series says, may we be a resurrection people. A people that walk in this truth every day. Understanding we're not alone. Understanding that we're strong in you. And understanding that we do not need to be afraid. Because of your presence that you bring to us because of this resurrection. As we get ready to celebrate and remember what you accomplished on the cross and your subsequent resurrection, may we be encouraged. May we walk out of here with our heads held high, remembering that the work has been accomplished in you and that we can rest in your arms safely and securely. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. We're gonna receive communion together as a church family and it's just an opportunity every week for us to remember the power of his life, 
his death, and his resurrection. So they'll pass out uh, the communion cups. You'll find two stacked on top of each other. And you can just kind of hold on to those and spend some time with the Lord, thanking him for what he accomplished. And then I'll come back up in just a minute and we'll receive it all together. His body given for you. His blood poured out. And I want to just remind you as we come out of this looking back time, that because of what we just celebrated and what we just remembered, that we have this treasure in jars of clay that shows this all-surpassing power is from God. It's not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Persecuted, but not in despair. Not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And it truly is why we're not afraid, because of the power of the resurrection. Will you go ahead and stand? We're gonna sing one last song. Uh, really glad that you're here. Looking forward to a party tonight. It's a, a really great event. If you've never been there, we'd love to see you come out as we uh, serve our community and just give a, a safe place to celebrate uh, Halloween. So God bless you guys. Have a great week ahead.